Hello, everybody. I'm Warren Smith coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm Christina Darnell in for Natasha Smith this week, also coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. And we'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. On today's program, a pastor in Georgia pleads guilty to fraud after receiving COVID relief funds. And the Colorado Springs-based Association of Christian Schools International, ACSI, is proving that the word international in its name is true by coming to the aid of member schools in Ukraine. We begin today with updates on a couple of court cases involving Christian celebrities. We'll hear about Eric Metaxas in a moment, but we get started today with Lisa Turkers. Yeah, in January, author and the founder of Proverbs 31 Ministries, Lisa Turkhurst, announced on social media that she'd filed for divorce from her husband, Art. The couple married in 1992 and have been separated since November of 2020. North Carolina, where the Turkhurst live, requires that a couple be separated for a continuous year before instituting a divorce proceeding. Now, though, there's a new development. In February, Art Turkhurst filed a response to the petition for divorce asking for post-separation support, alimony, an equitable division of property, damages, and the rescission of a post-nuptial agreement, which he says was unconscionable and based on fraud. And according to the court filings, Art asserts that the post-nuptial agreement was executed under duress at a time when he was suicidal and about to enter a treatment facility for alcoholism. Yeah, he says that based on the harassment and demands of his wife, again, these are Art Turker's allegations, friends and family, he signed the agreement without the opportunity to consult with counsel. After he finished his treatment, he and Lisa renewed their vows, and Art claims that he believed the post-nuptial agreement was invalidated as part of their fresh start. He also alleges that the terms of the post-nuptial agreement have not been followed because Lisa has disposed of property without following the mandatory arbitration clause within the agreement. Now, Lisa Turkhurst has until April 11th to respond to Art's defenses and counterclaims. Warren, before we move on to the next story, let's talk about why Ministry Watch decided to cover this story. Yeah, you know, it's a good question. And I've got to tell you that these kinds of stories give me, um, you know, some anxiety for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's always a tragedy when a marriage breaks up. Uh, There's a, you know, a lot of private stuff that gets, um, you know, dragged into the public. And I am reluctant to be a part of that dragging, if if I could put it that way. Um, But on the other hand, uh, you know, this is a case where Lisa Turkhurst is a national celebrity. The Proverbs 31 ministry is a ministry that is, you know, designed to give advice to women on how to run their lives and to be more effective wives and mothers. So I thought it was fair the other thing, too, is that Lisa and Art Turkers, when they reconciled a couple of years ago, they did it very publicly. And, you know, honestly, I don't think there was any doubt that one of the reasons that they did it publicly was an attempt to, you know, tell their 
listeners and viewers, or at least Lisa Turker's listeners and viewers, that know that there was a happy ending to this story. So I, I, you know, after much deliberation and some concern about, you know, whether these private matters should be made public, um, we decided to go ahead with this story. Uh, it's always a tough call, and I understand that some of our listeners maybe don't agree with it. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with it some days, but there it is. Well, the second court case involves Eric Metaxas. Yeah, Eric uh, Metaxas uh, is being sued for defamation by a senior executive of Dominion Voting Systems. Metaxas was de- deposed in uh, the Colorado court case back in October. The lawsuit was filed in Colorado, I should add, in Denver. Uh, Ministry Watch recently, though, acquired the transcript of that deposition, and Steve Raby read through the transcript closely and summarized it in an article that we posted this week on the website. So what did it say? Well, Metaxas admitted in the deposition that he did little to confirm the truth of unsubstantiated claims of election fraud made by a man named Joe Altman, who Eric Metaxas had invited to be on his radio program. Well, let's back up a bit. Who is Joe Altman? Yeah, Altman is a Colorado political activist. And to be honest with you, he wasn't really that well known, even in Colorado, But he became a sensation on November 9th, 2020. Uh, He's got a podcast called Conservative Daily. And on that podcast, he started spreading stories about election fraud. He claimed that he had listened in on an Antifa conference call and that a Dominion Voting Systems employee said that the company had worked to ensure Donald Trump was not reelected. Now, after... Altman put that on his own podcast. A couple of days later, Altman uh, was invited onto the Eric Metaxas show, and he was sharing sort of the same stories there. It was broadcast nationwide on Eric Metaxas' Salem Media Group program called, of course, the Eric Metaxas Show. Now, Eric Metaxas and other conservative media figures, Christian media figures, are being probed about their practices in a defamation lawsuit filed by Eric Coomer, who is an executive with Dominion Voting Systems. So what did Joe Altman say on Eric Metaxas's program? Well, Altman said that Dominion had rigged elections, not only in the United States, but in Mongolia and Venezuela. Uh, Eric Metaxas admitted that he didn't have the budget, bandwidth, or time, those are Eric Metaxas' own words, to fact-check these claims. Dominion Voting Systems has repeatedly said that those claims are false, and in fact, Dominion is suing Fox News for more than a billion dollars over similar claims. And by the way, I should reiterate that our Colorado-based reporter Steve Raby uh, wrote a lengthy story that I'm just summarizing here. If you'd like to dig more deeply uh, into the issue and read the complete transcript of Eric Metaxas' deposition, you can find them both at the Ministry Watch website. The story's right on the front page. Well, let's move on to the next story. It's the story of a South Georgia pastor who will have to forfeit the Mercedes-Benz S-Class sedan that he bought with nearly $150,000 in fraudulent pandemic business disaster loans. Yeah, he's relinquishing the Mercedes in accordance with a plea agreement after pleading guilty to two counts of wire fraud. The pastor's name is Mac 
Devin Knight of Kingsland, Georgia. He pleaded guilty to the charges on March 25th, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of Georgia. Knight admitted sending fictitious documents to the U.S. Small Business Administration, including a fake tax document and an altered bank record. And he's going to serve up to 20 years in prison and face financial penalties and restitution, as well as three years of supervised release after completion of any prison sentence that he ends up having to serve. That's right. Court documents and testimony showed that in February and March of 2021, uh, Knight applied for economic injury disaster loans from the SBA on behalf of multiple Camden County, Georgia businesses. In addition to being a pastor, he also characterized himself as a mortician, a restaurateur, and a tax preparer. The applications claimed that Knight's businesses had brought in hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue prior to the pandemic. And Knight received $149,900 from the SBA in response to one of those applications, and it was for an alleged tax business. And then he used most of that money to buy the Mercedes. At least that's what the federal agents have said. Yeah, in fact, Philip Wilser, who is the acting special agent in charge of the FBI in Atlanta, said this. COVID-19 disaster relief loans were issued by the government to help businesses struggling to survive a pandemic, not to use for personal pleasures like Knight used them for. The FBI is dedicated to holding accountable anyone who would abuse taxpayer dollars and divert them from citizens who desperately need them. Well, Warren, we need to take a break, but when we return, we'll take a closer look at Jacksonville, Florida's Celebration Church, which right now is embroiled in controversy regarding its founding pastor. I'm Christina Darnell, along with my co-host, Warren Smith, and we'll be back after this short break. Hello, everyone. I'm Brittany with Save the Storks. Save the Storks is a pro-life ministry passionate about inspiring the world to reimagine the pro-life movement by serving and valuing every life. Save the Storks partners with pregnancy centers all across the U.S. to own and operate a stork bus to offer free ultrasounds and pregnancy tests to women in unplanned pregnancies. Stork buses park near college campuses, abortion clinics, shopping centers, and serve rural communities that lack medical care. Save the Storks is pleased to be the sponsor of the Ministry Watch podcast. For more information about our life-saving organization and how we partner with pregnancy resource centers around the country, go to savethestorks.com. That's savethestorks.com. Welcome back. I'm Christina Darnell, along with my co-host, Lauren Smith, and you're listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Up next, a Florida pastor is suing the church that he founded. Yeah, Celebration Church in Jacksonville, Florida, has been sued by its founding pastor, Stovall Weems. Now, Stovall Weems said that he was illegally removed from his position by the church's governing board earlier this year after accusations of financial irregularities. 
Tim Timberlake was picked to replace him, and Timberlake told the church two Sundays ago that he had no plans to leave as senior pastor. Uh, He said this to the congregation, we are here to weather this storm with you. It's our desire to continue to shepherd, to continue to lead with integrity, godly character, love, honor, and excellence. Again, that's Tim Timberlake speaking to the 12,000-member church in a March 20th sermon. But Weems, who's the founding pastor, says that he was the one who tried to bring financial misconduct to light. Yeah, he claims that a church trustee named Kevin Cormier was charging the church inflated prices for renovations. Weems tried to remove Cormier as a trustee, again, according to Weems, but the church instead fired Weems. Now the church is accusing Weems of improper behavior, including the transfer of large sums of money to for-profit entities that he and his wife managed, the church's purchase of a $1.2 million parsonage from the couple that gave the couple a $400,000 profit, uh, where the couple would continue to live rent-free, uh, salary advancements, and also improper usage of PPP, payroll protection plan money. Meanwhile, the new pastor, Tim Timberlake, he's sort of caught in the middle. Yeah, he is. He's kind of jumped. You know, he was uh, hired in good faith to be the replacement, not knowing, I, I don't think at the time, that all this was happening. Tim Timberlake said in his sermon that the church is praying for a righteous resolution. Those are Tim Timberlake's words to this situation. And he went on to say this, we are confident in the truth and we are confident in the process. And we believe and we trust and we're praying that a righteous resolution that honors God, honors the house of God and the kingdom of God will be above all. And even in spite of all this, Jesus is still on the throne. Well, up next, a worship leader at a Texas church has been sentenced to 12 years in prison for child solicitation and indecency. Yeah, the man's name is Jonathan Ryan Insee. He's 37 years old, and he is the son of the pastor of Living Way Church in Conroe, Texas. Uh, He was found guilty of grooming a minor and sending her sexually explicit messages, that according to the Blue Bonnet News. Search warrants uncovered thousands of messages that uh, NC um, had back and forth with the child over the course of about five weeks, and some of them were sexually suggestive or explicit. Evidence showed that he also physically molested the child as well. And the mother of the girl first reported the abuse to the senior pastor, Randy Ensi, who is the abuser's father, but he failed to act. And so the victim's parents contacted the Texas Rangers, and it was their investigation that led to the arrest. Jonathan Ensi will serve a four-year sentence for indecency with a child and eight years for online solicitation of a minor. He will serve these sentences concurrently. Well, let's look at one more story before the break. It's the story about the Association of Christian Schools International. Yeah, ACSI, Association of Christian Schools International, has set up a fund to help some of the displaced children, their families, and Christian school teachers and school personnel who have fled their homes in Ukraine. Uh, I was surprised to find out, Christina, that there are six ACSI member schools in Ukraine, 350 in Europe, including about 150 schools in the countries surrounding Ukraine, Poland, Hungary, Romania, Slovakia, and Moldova. While the Kiev 
Christian Academy and other schools have closed down. Some schools in western Ukraine continue operating, and others have partially reconstituted themselves in new locations. ACSI said that it would also help 45 Ukrainian Christian schools that are not ACSI members but are trying to continue operations in Ukraine. Warren, we're going to take another break, and when we return, our weekly lightning round of Ministry News of the Week. I'm Christina Darnell with my co-host, Warren Smith. More in a moment. Hello, everyone. I'm Brittany with Save the Storks. Save the Storks is a pro-life ministry passionate about inspiring the world to reimagine the pro-life movement by serving and valuing every life. Save the Storks partners with pregnancy centers all across the U.S. to own and operate a stork bus to offer free ultrasounds and pregnancy tests to women in unplanned pregnancies. Stork buses park near college campuses, abortion clinics, shopping centers, and serve rural communities that lack medical care. Save the Storks is pleased to be the sponsor of the Ministry Watch podcast. For more information about our life-saving organization and how we partner with pregnancy resource centers around the country, go to savethestorks.com. That's SaveTheStorks.com. Welcome back. I'm Christina Darnell, along with my co-host, Warren Smith, and you're listening to the Ministry Watch Podcast. Warren, we like to use this last segment as a sort of lightning round of shorter news briefs. So what is up first? Well, on March the 7th, Oklahoma Christian University uh, fired Michael O'Keefe, a tenured graphic design professor who had been teaching at the university for 41 years. O'Keefe and his attorney, Kevin Jacobs, who is a former Oklahoma Christian president, claimed the firing was the result of the longtime professor, including an openly gay guest speaker in his senior level business of branding course. Right, and this university is associated with the Churches of Christ. Yeah, it is, and the school asserts that O'Keefe's termination was not because the invited speaker was gay per se, but because of the content of the speaker's presentation and the professor's alleged subsequent efforts to quelch student complaints about the presentation. The speaker, in fact, was one of four individuals invited to discuss the topic of resilience, compassion, and love, a topic that had little to do with graphic design or corporate branding. An Oklahoma Christian maintains that the speaker's, quote, inappropriate and graphic language of a sexual nature crossed the line. Yeah, that's right. In fact, in its letter of termination, the university said that the dismissal was based on gross misconduct, conduct contrary to the mission and values of Oklahoma Christian University, and disregard of the policies and values of the university. In a March 16th email, To the employees at the college, Stephen Eck, who is Oklahoma Christian's chief legal counsel, said that 
and I'm quoting here, let me be clear, the university does not terminate employment, nor did we terminate employment of a professor for inviting a speaker to appropriately share a perspective related to course content. Eck went on to say, the unchallenged language used and content shared with students is unacceptable in any class at OC, Oklahoma Christian, no matter who says it, or the speaker's orientation. And finally, Warren, a quick look at Salem Media Group, one of the largest Christian radio companies in the nation. Yeah, Salem Media Group is not only one of the largest, it's the only one that is publicly traded. So it has to release quarterly financial statements, and we often report on them here at Ministry Watch, and the latest numbers also include 2021 year-end information. So what's the bottom line? Well, Salem, after a few years of struggle, seems to be doing a bit better. Uh, for the quarter ended December 31, 2021, revenue was $69 million. That's up 7.2% from the same quarter the year before. Annual revenue was also up. Total revenue increased 9.3% to $258.2 million from about $236 million the year before. And the organization also made a profit for the year. Yeah, that's right. Salem uh, owns nearly 100 Christian and conservative talk radio stations, and it syndicates programs for such conservative celebrities as Dennis Prager and Eric Metaxas, who we mentioned earlier. As Ministry Watch previously reported, in May of 2020, Moody's Investors Services downgraded Salem Media Group's corporate family rating and senior secured notes uh, to junk bond status. In March of 2021, Moody's affirmed that junk bond rating, but changed its future outlook from negative back to stable. And I think these latest financial statements sort of bear that out. On March uh, 29, 2022, that was just a day or two ago, Salem was trading at $3.64 a share. Uh, it has, though, traded as high as $30 per share. Well, any final thoughts before we go? Yeah, a couple of items I want to share just real quickly. Uh, some of our listeners probably know that uh, a movie about the PTL scandal involving Jim and Tammy Baker won a couple of Oscars at Sunday night's Academy Awards ceremony. Those wins have renewed interest not only in that movie, a movie that, frankly, I found to be pretty me mediocre, uh, but also in the Jim and Tammy Faye Baker and PTL scandal itself. So we've posted a review of the movie that was originally written last year when the movie came out that articulates what I think are some of the movie's limitations, including problems with its historical accuracy, and I encourage all of our listeners to check that out. I also wanted to mention that there's a new way that you can give to Ministry Watch. You can now give via a text message. And Christina, I've got to admit that this is not my preferred way of giving, but, you know, I'm kind of old school, and I know that there might be some that, that think this is a good idea, so we wanted to offer it. Um, just text at Ministry Watch to 52014. Again, that's at Ministry Watch to 52014, and you'll end up in a series of prompts that will allow you to really quickly and easily make a financial donation to Ministry Watch. I tried it myself, and it was pretty easy. So I guess if I can do it, and like I said, I'm pretty old school, 
just about anybody can. And finally, I just wanted to say that if you have a story idea, um, we'd like to hear from you. Uh, send us an email at info at ministrywatch.com. That email will come directly to my desk, and uh, I'll take it from there. And I said finally before, but really, Christina, this is for sure the final reminder that uh, you can really help out the program by just leaving us a rating on your podcast app. The more ratings we get, the easier it is for other people to find us. It's a quick, easy, and free way for you to support Ministry Watch. Well, the producers for today's program are Rich Rosel and Ben Warwick. We get database and other technical support from Kathy Goddard, Stephen Dubarry, Emily Kern, Rod Pitzer, and Casey Suddeth. Writers who contributed to today's program include Cheryl Mann-Bacon, Kim Roberts, Anne Steich, and Steve Raby. A special thanks to the Christian Chronicle and the nonprofit Times for contributing material for this week's podcast. I'm Christina Darnell, in for Natasha Smith in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm Warren Smith, coming to you also from Charlotte. And you've been listening to the Ministry Watch Podcast. Until next time, may God bless you.